a pleather lazy boy knockoff? It's two hundred dollars. Where do you get a pleather lazy boy knockoff? Uh, Sunderland's Hardware Store, which is a Sunder- fucking fine. Sunderland's Hardware Store. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's a, is it in Utah? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Redwood and. It's North called. It's called Sunderland's Hardware Store. Yeah. Nice. It's, that's pretty, it's like a pretty good for Okay, that's cool. I love. Yeah. Home Depot has been somewhere that's been absolutely packed every day of quarantine. Nice. I drive by it. It's right next to my apartment. And uh, yeah, it's been going. Oh. You're by the one are... by the Target Fort Union. I moved. I'm actually by a different Home Depot now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I just. Try to keep my vicinity to Home Depot as close as possible. It's a great um, story. I've only been to Home Depot once in like the last six years, so not missing. I just like looking at it, you know. I like the the orange. Home Depot is one of our customers at work, and they're actually kind of specific about being called the Home Depot. Is that oh, their, their name? I don't know anyone that calls it the Home Depot. I don't think anyone, but they do. But they okay. The Home Depot How's- is the one that calls it the Home Depot. Oh, Trevor's drinking coffee again at 8, 8.30 at night. I love to yeah, see it. Yeah, this is my third cup. You're drinking my... coffee out of a BYU mug? Yeah. Okay. My coffee mug. I've got two of these just like this, and then I've got another BYU mug that is also a coffee mug. Are you a BYU fan? Yeah. Because you live in Provo, or are you from my Provo? Par- my parents went to BYU. It's how I was raised, so. Okay. And yes, I do live in Provo. I live like 10 minutes from BYU, and it's the worst thing in the world sometimes. Okay, but you know, all the time, uh, do you go to games sometimes? Yeah, I try to go to the basketball games because they're usually or they used to be like really cheap, and then the basketball team got really good, so now they're regularly priced. Which okay, is still, like, cheap for good basketball, but and then I've got a bunch of buddies that usually get season tickets to football games through work, so if they ever invite me, I go. But other than that, not so much. All right. Do you ever go to any of the soccer games? I know the women's team is pretty good. Um, I went to. A couple men's games before they went back to being like club soccer when they were like no. actually like um weren't they a semi-pro team for yeah they were in the, the pdl that's what it was the premier development league and they would they were like half decent at that and then they went back to being a club team because they wait did they get to play in the uh do pdl teams get to be in the open cup yeah dang yeah, did we ever get to their open cup games, but they they like never advanced past the first game. If they did, I think the farthest they got was like one round before MLS teams joined. Second round, then. Yeah, like something like that. Second or third kind round. Of funny. They, they've never played an MLS team, as far as I know. But they played, uh, what was it before USL Pro before they went full USL championship, yeah. or whatever it was back in the day. Okay. That's so, pretty so they can't join. They don't like belong to one of the official like groups. I went to the BYU USA soccer America. camp back in the day a couple times. Yeah. Nice. You know, um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about it other than I did that. Oh, something funny. So there's this soccer field back there. You guys, you guys may have been aware. I've talked about it a little bit. There's a soccer field just right, right outside there. Um, and uh, there's this team practicing out there yesterday. It's kind of funny seeing everyone practice now because, like, um, the coach and all the girls on this team all had, like, face masks on, which was – like, or bandanas over their face, which I thought was interesting. But um, I heard the coach, like, kind of 
yelling, not like angrily yelling, like coach yelling. I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. It reminds me of my coach that I had growing up from when I was like 10 until I was like in my teens. And uh, it was, it was him. Um, he's out there, <laughs> he's out there coaching a different team now. Well, he started like we were an independent team. He started like a whole big organization. So I think he coaches some of his girls' teams now. But that was that was weird. I just imagined him saying, "Damn it, Kyle!" Uh, <laughs> like the good old days, you know. Speaking of the good old days, welcome to uh, episode fifteen of Off the Crossbar. These are the good days. Seamless transition there. Nicely done. Well done. You can go on if you'd like. But, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just grabbing the reins and taking over. So, yeah. Uh, who's all here? Who's all here today? We got Trevor. We Hello, do. Trevor. Hi. We got Matt. Hi. And we got a special correspondent, Lucas Moeller. Oh, hello. <sighs> I'll put a really good jazz song right there, too. Oh, that would be great. the audience. Yeah, I probably won't. I'll put it at what's, the beginning. But what's new with everyone? What's going on? Nothing. Cool. <laughs> I was actually talking to Matt about this yesterday. Oh I'll yeah, I saw Trevor in person. On. That's new. Oh, he, I made sure he stayed far away from me as usual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nothing's changed. As usual. So I don't I like that question. Like, how is it going? What's everybody okay. up to? All because right. you can't answer it honestly, right? I don't like those questions because honest answers are boring. But what I have been up to lately is I have decided to go back to bands that are very popular or were very popular, like when I was in high school. Like okay. that I just never got on board with and like listened to everything that they put out up to now and like just go through it a bunch and see if I missed out on anything. And I think I like, just finished like up with the off nickelback. What was that? <laughs> like Creed and Nickelback, puddle of mud. No, like because I listened to Creed and Nickelback, but like <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, like I went oh back boy. and listened to The Offspring because the only songs of theirs that I knew were yeah. like the obvious hits, like three or four of them. And I never listened to like their back catalog or anything. And I went through and listened to all of it. And they're okay. I've tried right. with them. I should maybe give it another shot. Skip the entire first four albums because they're like, listen to like a couple of songs, but there's no like hits. It's yeah. all the same. They haven't figured out how to write songs until the fifth album. And then it gets pretty good. That's my advice. Okay. Any other bands other than The Offspring? Or No, I was going to start with uh, My Chemical Romance next. Nice. Classic. Yeah. You know, something that My, my Chemical Romance reminds me of now is uh, every, every festive October at Lagoon, they do Frightmares. And at Frightmares, they have this like weird live performance thing that's like a musical and every time they end with helena and it rules it's like a it's just and and it's the last time i was there it was like it's like this weird performance thing where it's like a story where this person has like all these weird satanic dreams or something and then it's yeah it's really strange but it ends with helena and like i remember i was just like singing along in the crowd and i looked over at some other like 20 something gentlemen and we like locked eyes and we're like dude yeah we both know this this great song <laughs> so uh yeah lo- love my chemical romance great band trevor are they actually great or are you just saying that no i just like a lot of 
I like a few of their songs. It reminds me of okay. my teen, my teens. Maybe they're a great band. I don't know. Again, like th- th- that's a that's a good point you're making. I've like a, haven't really listened to like their whole discography. I just know like a bunch of their songs. Like you know the 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 real strong emo anthems. <laughs> yeah, I was never really big into anything labeled emo in high school. I did listen to Good Charlotte this morning, like unironically, but only for like nice. four songs. Oh yeah, only four Good Charlotte songs. Yeah. Um, okay, Trevor. Sorry, I asked what you're up to. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I actually went camping over the weekend. Oh, where'd you go? How was went it? Went out to Flaming Gorge for the first time, oh, and it was nice. absolutely spectacular. It was I've beautiful. Never been and it was there. Gorgeous. Was it packed? Um, there was like no one there. There. Oh, even was, better. I'd never been there before, and it was just like. Yeah, it was it was amazing out there. It was great. Was um, it a question? Was Sorry. it like? Did you like go to like a campground campsite? I or camped did you at a campground. Yes, <laughs> I camped at the Canyon Rim Campgrounds. Just mm-hmm. insane views of like the gorge and like all that. It was, boy, whew, you know. So that was new. Other than that, you know, just freaking hanging, chilling hard, chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. You know. Oh, uh, speaking of speaking of Fresh Prince of of Bel Air, HBO Max is releasing soon. Um, you may be. I know for all you listeners at home who are wondering, wow, I already know about HBO Go and HBO Now, and you're telling me now there's an HBO Max, and you might be thinking, wow, what is the difference among all these three nearly identical products? I'm Will you so I'll. To answer Please, your question, I don't know the difference among any of them. All I know is I have HBO now, and it's about to get automatically upgraded to HBO Max. So, congratulations! Thank on you. Your... It's big. It's I'm big. Good. It's big. Yeah. So, Sounds and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is going to be on on HBO mm-hmm. Max. Huh. So yeah, Lucas, what's going on, man? I got a chair, and I'm really excited about it. So uh, that's <laughs> been the highlight. Uh, it's a uh, lazy boy knockoff that I got at a hardware store. It looks like it would fit in really well in like a basement in the suburbs. Um, Mm. is it comfy? It's the most comfortable thing I've ever sat in. Wow. Yeah. Did you get a good deal on it? Oh dude, it was, so the price was listed like three seventy, but it was on sale for two sixteen. The sale had ended, but they still gave us a sale price. So, wow! I once heard that you should never buy furniture like big pieces of furniture at anything other than a discount because the margins are just insane on those. I don't know if that's true. I've never run a furniture store. Furniture is always on sale. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I wouldn't do that if it, trust if it me, couldn't make me. I get right. so many emails every day from West Elm, from freaking Wayfair, from All Modern. Every day, every it's like, oh my goodness, last chance. And then they send me an email like three days later. It's like, okay, seriously, this is your last chance. But then it's really not. It's not your last chance ever. You know, never is. I used to get emails from Wayfair, and I've never bought anything from Wayfair. I don't know how they got my email address. It can they, be kind of hit and hit or miss, but there's some good they stuff. They sent me on all there. those same emails. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome. I'm glad we joined together. Yeah. All right, should we uh let's let's move past our cultural check-in. 
Because I think that's what this is, right? It's the the most important part of the pod. Yeah. Wait, yeah. There was there was one more cultural check in item. My mom. Oh, okay. So this is great. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever met Kyle's mom. Uh, I haven't met her in person. I would like to. She's great. She's a sweetheart. So she sent me an email just this week and sent uh, some very beautiful images that I am now going to share into our Slack. Mm. So for all of our listeners, this next couple of minutes is going to be really pointless. Why did you turn your your, uh, camera off, Matt? Uh, Because I'm using my phone to... Oh, that would make sense. Okay. There you go. So uh, she sent this very nice email, basically uh, saying, hey, listen to the podcast. Really enjoy it. (laughs) Um, Mentioned specific things we talked about. So we know she wasn't just making it up. She did. She was she was really intrigued by the Austria conversation with Jake. Yep. Um, I spoke to her. I actually FaceTimed her when I uh, Saturday night when I was in Flaming Gorge watching a really delightful sunset, and we were talking oh, uh, about that. And she sent me the same collage. The, the reason why, the reason like Lucas, what you may be missing here, context-wise, is that I had been talking about possibly buzzing my head, and then also how oh. I bought a pair of overalls during quarantine. Oh, okay. So my mom, so my mom was saying that. My mom was calling me out for being a liar and that I had don't buzz my head or haven't and that I actually used to own overalls when I was a mere toddler. So here's a bunch of photos of me with a buzzed head as a literal baby wearing overalls. I don't think that's a buzzed head. I think that's just a baby that doesn't have hair. Hey, I think top left when I'm playing soccer, my hair is really short there. It's pretty short, but... Yeah, we're, I, we're, I gonna, that we're looking at nine pictures, and I see eight different sets of overalls. Dude, I know. <laughs> I was looking <laughs> through this. For <laughs> My parents must have really loved. I mean, I look dang cute in them, so I can't blame them. But dang, there's a lot of. I must have had like a full, full section of my closet dedicated to overalls. I can't and hey, maybe I'll go back to that. Solid because, red. Yeah, honestly, I would wear those red and white striped ones. Those are sick. Uh, those tan ones are really cool too. The, those red ones are really awesome. So I, uh, I very distinctly remember that overall conversation because I have for when I was like eight or nine, I had a pair of Carhartt overalls that I absolutely loved, and I periodically look at Carhartt overalls for sale. Um, but they're never on sale. They're always like 60 or 70 bucks at the cheapest. And I just don't want to drop that kind of coin on something that I will probably only wear camping. Oh yeah, Yeah. dude, they're great just in general, but especially camping, you know, I love it anyway. So shout out to, to mama Sue's to Suzette for, uh, plugging the overall picks. For listening and supporting and, well, her darling son Kyle. That, too. that is she she enjoys. So shouts out. She likes the inside information we provide, which is uh <laughs> really just repeating what Jake says <laughs> to us. So yeah, pretty good. Anyway, so cultural wrap up. That's the housekeeping as it were. Yeah. So uh let's move on to the segment we are I think still calling notes and news. 
I don't know if the rival pod has started calling it notes and news in a bid to counteract our influence in the uh, RSL fan community. (laughs) I suspect not, but you never know. It's hard to say. So uh, the first one here. If only there was some way we could find out what they're calling it on their podcast. I mean, (laughs) I imagine we have at least one listener here in, uh, in attendance. We do. I really, I, especially that, uh, I listened to that um, Benny Failhaber one again after we talked to Jake. It's so good. I I love Benny Failhaber, <laughs> and I and I will stand by that. So I said this on Twitter, but it's like to me, he's just like George W. Bush. <laughs> he's, a war, he's a war criminal that's like painting after he retires. That doesn't mean he's not a terrible person. <laughs> oh, no, he's okay. No, absolutely not. Oh, that's exactly uh, what it is. Tweet. He spent his whole career being an asshole, and then he like goes on a podcast and he's nice for thirty minutes. Okay, that doesn't no. anything. I still like him. I I liked him. Uh, I started liking him really when I was on record saying this. But when he scored that goal for the the national team against Mexico, mm-hmm. it was delightful. But anyway, yeah, that's the rival pod. But this is this is the the, the victorious pod. I was going to say the anti-rival pod. but The anti-rival, yeah, that's what I meant. So so the first item here I've got, I've just written the word Netum. <laughs> and uh, I think that's I've got bad. like a little arrow. This is because you guys can't see my notes. And then over there it says, paid 90 employees. And uh, take it away, Lucas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you read the um, he organized payments to furloughed employees uh like that's pretty incredible he has not been with the club super long um it's not it seems like if something like this comes from kyle beckerman like that's still an incredible gesture but the fact that he's been here what a little over two years at this point um maybe three uh i think it's a year and a half so he got here late in 28 late 2018 right yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So first game was almost September thirtieth. That late. That's crazy. Um yeah. Mike should have started him sooner, to be clear. <laughs> it's neither here nor there anymore, but Yeah, let's not that that point in the season was not great. Honestly, <laughs> whatever man I, I like it is insane i don't know what we did to get like so lucky to be able to get him on our on our team but honestly what a guy so we had kind of heard like something like like this was happening obviously there was something weird where the players first tried to like give up part of their salary to um like for a portion of their salary to go directly to keep player or to keep employees on the league supposedly shut that down. So, and then we heard that Ned was going to be figuring something out. And then somehow we were blessed with this guy whenever that happened. And uh, yeah, shout out to Nedum for making Deloitte look awful. Um, because it turns out a gesture like that can go a really long way. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, there was a good article I mean, or, you know, about the whole thing. Um, yeah. From Alex over at the Tribune. Mm-hmm. When he said uh, the part that really stuck out was um, 
But the club is one where people don't come here or stay here because of how much money they make, but because they enjoy being here. How is it that he understands that better than like uh, the upper management of this uh, organization? Like um, seriously? Because the I, upper management of this organization does not have as many years in soccer as Nidham does. Well, I how, think they understand how, that, and then they like use that against their like that's their that's their only leverage. That's the reason to pay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, but like if they understood it and like truly, I mean, yeah. They, 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 if they understand it, if they did understand that, then they also made the conscious decision that it was not worth um, digging deeper to keep them on for as long as they could. But, you know, I am really glad that this story keeps resurfacing between stuff (laughs) the Rabble Pot is doing with t shirts, um, has brought it up a few times, and then this story, which is like, I feel like gotten some good traction from the Tribune. because like I don't want this story to die. It's it feels like an incredibly shameful thing ownership has done, um, and I know they have reasons for it, but like it's still super crappy. They're bad. Yeah, reasons, and though. that's that's what I keep getting stuck on is like they have their reasons, but they're bad reasons. Like yeah, and, and, the, the it, whole thing is like look how much Deloitte has invested already, and like. I mean, when a businessman like Deloitte is planning out like his financials for the year, like all of that's very pre-planned. It's not like Natum was planning on digging deep for all these, like January 1 of this year was Natum planning on budgeting money in the spring going into summer to help pay for all these furloughed employees. No, he wasn't, <laughs> but he did it anyway. <laughs> And it's worth noting, of course, that or was at January 1 planning on spending as much money as he was on a regular season. Right. Yeah, I, I think one of the interesting parts of this is that the Netum is not like the highest paid player in MLS by any stretch. No, or Real Salt Lake. Uh, he's he's clearly made some good money through the course of his career, uh, but but many players would have spent that by now, right? Yep, uh, we see that repeatedly. One of the the other interesting things for me with this is that he initially thought it was what forty to fifty people that had been furloughed. Mm-hmm. Uh, which pales in comparison to the actual 90 that are furloughed, which uh, I don't know the exact scope of the Real Salt Lake organization, but that's a lot of employees to be furloughed for an organization that we know is constantly stretching people thin. Yep. And we don't know what's going to happen when things come back or whatever, and how many people are going to be brought back or who's still going to be around or who's going to even want to come back. So, I, uh, it's, you know, I, it sucks that at some level, like Natum's really bailing out the ownership because there are going to be people who decide to stick around possibly because of something like this. Um, and that speaks to Natum. It doesn't speak to what the club has done for the people. Uh, that's, that's the other part of it. Like it speaks to both sides. It definitely speaks to how awesome of a guy Natum is and how considerate he is, but it, I still think it speaks even louder to if somebody like Natum can do this, can help support players and somebody like Deloitte can't like, I, yeah, I just feel like this story is probably going to cover up or Natum paying it is probably going to cover up a little bit of the negative feelings of Deloitte. And I don't think it should. People are going to hit the story. Yeah. And it's going to be a feel good story about an RSL player 
and build that kind of feel goodness about RSL back up. But you know, I, that's I, the takeaway from the story. I, I guess it depends because of how notorious Deloitte is and us being getting so much initial press as being like the one of the first two clubs to like lay everyone off despite Deloitte being a multi-billionaire. Um, I think that this serves as a stark contrast. So it might, I don't, I don't know overall, it's hard to know like what even sticks in people's brains for more than a day throughout like what has been happening. So, but I mean, I think it's, it's an excellent contrast if anything. Anything else we'd like to say about how great Netum is or, uh, He's so good. How good looking he is or how nice his voice is. I'm curious, do we know that all these funds came from Netum or did did he raise money? Yeah, so so the article says that uh, it was Netum and other players and staff. Uh, Netum, I think, has been sort of the ringleader of all this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But but he's very specific in there that it's not just him and that it represents... He he says uh, one line specific that it represents us all, which is great. What's so interesting is that he, um, yeah, well, it represents us all, but he said that um, he, he had to like track down some of the, the people who were with uh, Noah with some help made a list of people within the organization who had lost their jobs. He gathered details about their positions within RSL. Those weren't easily attainable. If those weren't easily attainable, they searched online for, to ascertain those details. I think it's funny and kind of depressing and sad and awful that that those details weren't easily attainable. Like, if Natum asked the organization, give me a list of everyone who was laid off, I'm going to help them, they should be able to uh, make that pretty easily attainable, which they didn't. Um, so yeah, I know a friend of mine who did get money from from this, um, Natum, like, had followed her on Instagram, uh, like found her on LinkedIn to like, make sure that like he had the right person and everything. So like, he was clearly like doing his own work to like followed her on LinkedIn too. Yeah. So like he was doing his own like, uh, work to try to make sure he found everyone, which, um, again, seems kind of ridiculous that he had to do that, but glad he did. Next item. (laughs) <laughs> he's good what's our next item matt okay i've got oh i should have written this in more of a full sentence but i will read it verbatim mls resume squiggly june question mark and then an arrow and it says training june slash play or june one it's not a slash play june 22nd and this is coming from an athletic article uh kyle fill us in if you want. Okay, sure. Yeah. So it looks like they're planning on sending um, everyone to uh, all the players MLS. They're going to Camp Rock and they're going spending a summer learning how to play new musical instruments with the Jonas Brothers. And... Made a huge mistake. <laughs> sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Different sorry. article. Different article. Uh, sorry. I got my, got my, got my wires crossed. Uh, yeah. Sending everyone to old Disney town USA in Florida to live on a compound um, and basically play a tournament for five weeks. So a month of train, not even a month, 21 days of training leading up to the season, quote unquote, starting on June 22nd and then um, a five, five weeks of play. And it could potentially include 
some sort of round robin style leading into a knockout round. I think that's probably the most realistic. Um, then the other piece of this is that uh, probably a good chunk of the players are going to be like, no, that sounds awful. I'm not doing that. That sucks. So it may not even happen. I will say this would be like amazing soccer. Uh, the soccer also be terrible. I'm sure it's going to be awful. Like <laughs> we talked about that earlier, how exciting it is, but also that the soccer is going to probably be equally bad across the spectrum. I'm thinking I'm... about watching preseason games and how like brutal some of those are. Oh. Cause like oftentimes they're not in front of fans either. So- sometimes like the, the grandeur of some of like the really good MLS stadiums can mask, uh, poor play and some of like the intensity and how chaotic MLS can be. Um, It's just going to look bad (laughs) and it's going to be awful. And I'm really hope it happens because it's going to be hilarious. Yeah. I get some Disney mascots on the sidelines. Yes. I'm all for the chaos of this. Like it's going to be bad soccer, but one, it's better than no soccer. And two, like preseason is fun. Uh, And to have a whole tournament of just, chaos and frequent games like happening nonstop is going to be awesome. Like it's to me is a terrible situation and there's going to be some weirdness that comes out of it. And this could be one of the fun, weird things that comes out of the whole COVID. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Speaking of return is Bundesliga still happening this weekend. Yeah. Saturday. (laughs) Right. Dude, Bundesliga is straight up back on Saturday. Yeah. No, I mean, no fans in stadiums, right? Right. Oh no, not even a little bit. Yeah. They're just continuing the, like where where they were, like the the table and everything's the same. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, that's it. exciting. Hmm. All right. I guess I'll watch that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, dude, I mean, seven thirty. There is the first game. Oh, and seven thirty. Uh, that's what I'm gonna do literally all day Saturday. Bundesliga usually has like a really good like 10 a.m. 11 noon oh, game. Yeah, See, I could do that on a weekend. If Dortmund, yeah. Schalke play. There's a Bayern game. Dortmund and, and Schalke are playing this weekend. I think so. Pretty sure that they're oh, playing each other. Man. Okay, well I'll put all that on my calendar. Anyway, Matt, tell us your feelings about uh, this weekend. What's going on? Like, uh, or excuse me, not this weekend. Uh, not Bundesliga, but the, uh, how do you feel about the MLS return? Yeah, I think it's it's maybe a little sooner than anyone's expecting. We know that the United States has been hit harder than most countries, if not any country in the world. Yep. Uh, and there, there are a multitude of reasons for that. And we could talk about them nonstop. But <laughs> there are so many other places to get that information. I, would, I don't think we need to go too deep into that. Um, but all that said, like it, it's pretty bad here. And... Uh, if we don't have a resurgence in, you know, the fall or something, uh, I'll be surprised. So it almost feels a little like MLS is trying to like, kind of navigate that corridor and have a, a summer tournament and then stop when when things get bad again. We'll see what happens. <sighs> that's, but... that's a pretty depressing way of thinking about it. But I, I mean, yeah, sorry. No, I mean, you're probably right. It's like. Yeah, I mean, is the idea here to just, like, the whole 2020 season would just get, like, hammered through this summer in this tournament? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, they've they've probably had lots of ideas and little bits come out through various sources. And I was, yeah, I was wondering if there's going to be some players leaving the States because of 
the shape we're going to be in maybe this fall. I mean, likely resurgence are going to happen. Res- a resurgence is going to happen in multiple places, but like based on how we've handled this, like do players leave the United States to go back to Europe? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think the first step in that process would just be players refusing to play. Like, yeah. Cause I mean, there's, there's a lot of travel restrictions right now. It's like more difficult to travel to different countries and things like that. But I think what would happen first is players would just stay home and just be like, I'm not playing in these conditions. This is dangerous. This is obviously a bad idea. And they would at least just stay home. You know what I mean? And then if they feel the need to go home, go to whatever country they feel they need to go to, I'm not going to say I'm ruling that out, but the first step would be, I think, them staying home and then the league addressing that concern and dealing with that. But I'm sure there's going to be a rogue player that just, like, bails without telling anybody. It just turns up back in Spain or Argentina, wherever they're from. You know, I, I'm betting that this is what brings Joa Plata back to Real Salt Lake. Because <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out where he is, and I, I, I have not figured it out yet. Have we looked? Have, have you looked at his Instagram recently? Uh, not in the last few days. Do you have more info for us? I, I no, I don't. Um, so last while you look that up, Instagram was him wearing. Um, in his stories, he posted a picture of him wearing a soccer jersey of some kind, mm, and like sounds about was, right was really happy about wearing it. And it looked kind of like, like I've signed with this team and I don't remember what team it was. Um, but it, it was a picture that was like, look at the team I've signed for. That was the vibe. Mm-hmm. And then immediately following it was another picture that in Spanish was saying something like, no guys, this is just my friend's Jersey. He just gifted me one. And it was like showing the back with the, somebody's name on it. And it was like the players. Uh, tag. Dude, so he's, he's private on Instagram. What is, what is that? Huh. He's 60,000 followers, yeah. That's new. I tried to pull it up on my computer, but uh, you know who isn't private on Instagram? Who's that? In multiple meanings of the word, Sam Johnson. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Sam Johnson watch. Let's let's bring this up real quick. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if any... Again, I love going to his page because he just has like 10 highlights that are all just called highlights, 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 (laughs) except one's just called Lib, and it's just like... a. Oh, it's like him with the Liberian national team. Um, but Sam over the weekend, I have some bad news to report. I think he took the gold wrap off of his Camaro. That's in no. Utah. He Did may he have, have even sold the Did car. Do you have the Camaro in the video? No. That's, yeah. He has a Range Rover that he's Tragic. posted. He posted multiple pictures with as well. Oh, um, but the Camaro, I, he posted a video of it, of it of himself in it recent i don't know who films the videos of him also but um he posted a video in i think so no because his arms are always in it he's always very mobile he's always dancing slightly and lip syncing selfie hat yes that's (laughs) it um or maybe one of those like little drones that follows you oh perfect um so he posted a video in a non-wrapped camaro but then recently Mm. he posted a picture in or uh, multiple videos of him singing along to some song wearing gucci slides in front of um with a range rover but also in front of his new house and clearly displayed on that new house is the house number (laughs) and a full view of the entire front of his home um bless his heart i mean i don't think anyone was is gonna 
you know, other than us psychos who quickly found where it is in like two seconds. Wait, you guys had it immediately. I literally uh, just typed in the I typed in the house number because I was just curious and like on Zillow it was like the third one that showed up mm. and when you the funny thing about when you film the front of your house in its entirety is that people who've watched that video know exactly what the front of your house looks like in its entirety so mm. um that was pretty funny <laughs> so blessings follow the small boy though so it's all yeah, good that, that dude so, is so good at the internet is that an indication that that maybe he's sticking around Real Salt Lake? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, it it also very easily could just be like a a rental. I mean, no, that's like, that, the know, house was that, house well is not unheard of. Potentially, it, that house was sold. It, it would have been somebody that bought the house and then rented it to him immediately. Only there was a county records website that we could look up right now. Definitely not just doing that. Matt, if you're not doing that, what are you doing? We can he has a Range Rover in Liberia, too, actually. Uh, hmm. Did I type wrong? I did type wrong. This is valuable. Don't tell anyone. Dead airspace that we're using right here. Jeez, it's Vega. Um. Oh, it's the county assessor's website is only up to uh, May twenty second, two thousand nineteen. Oh, yeah, that's a bummer. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. that's funny. So I could tell you who used to own it, but <laughs> that might be a little weird. Call because they they have to have those records. <laughs> we need I this know. information now. Well, we could call the assessor, but they closed at five. Hi, you're live on <laughs> off the crossbar podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. A new all-time low for us, I'm sure. Speaking of an all-time low, great band. Oh, they came up on my random pop punk powerhouse Spotify playlist today. Hmm. Love to see it. Very happy for you. Yeah, that's that's all I got about that. Anyway, so uh, th- this sounds like a good opportunity now to uh, bring on our special correspondent. Let's give him a call. Ring, ring. Hello, Lucas. <laughs> Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> no, you're you're cutting out a little bit. Is that better? Is that yeah? Is that so better, better audio? So much better. Um, so you were on a press call with one Freddie Juarez recently. I was last few days, right? That is that is a true statement. Was this... so I imagine you have some insight and thoughts on when MLS returns, if MLS returns, that sort of thing. Why don't you share what you know? Um, quick, yeah, I mean, Freddie was town hall with Freddie, or is this like a separate press call? This was for the media, so it's very important. <laughs> okay, all right, uh, not for just season ticket holders, Trevor. Just for um, random trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Freddie was just very straightforward that he doesn't know uh, what is coming next. Like, it sounds like people aren't telling him or consulting with him um you know that those decisions are being made much higher up um and that's sort of to be expected i think with that that kind of thing um someone asked him which was on my list to ask him specifically about mls happening you know in orlando and he's like i i really don't know how to like have thoughts or feelings about that when there's no nothing clearly defined there there's no um 
plan that's been released or even really talked about in any kind of concrete ways. Like I did see that there are some reports about that, but there was like kind of news to me. Um, so yeah, I think he's, he, he said very specifically that he wanted at least a month of, um, of preseason and that would be really important to the team. And, you know, maybe they'll get that if, if June 22nd is the start date. Um, but even so, like that's kind of pretty close. Yeah, that's fair to say. Sorry. So do you think he's uh chocolate? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, do you th- so, so, uh, let, let's segue here into just talking about other things you learned from that call. Because it, it sounded very interesting. Talking about that t-shirt thing? T-shirt thing? Was there a t-shirt thing? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, oh. oh. <laughs> Is uh, Freddy doing a wet t-shirt contest? <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with Freddy, but, you know. He's a competitive guy. I think you would take that seriously. Um, so <laughs> he had <laughs> on the call. He mentioned a couple times that there was like a video um, that one of his buddies, who's a coach in USL, put together analyzing the Red Bulls game, and he had done the same for this USL coach analyzing. I think their one um, one league game that they had had so far, and. He didn't say who the coach was, um, but he referenced having shared it. And then Tom Hackett said that he would like to see it. And Freddie said, like, yeah, we can set that up. And then I said, I would like to as well. And so right after that, he took like 25 minutes and just walked me and Tom Hackett through this. It's like a two and a half minute video. Um, just explaining all their tactics and um, like what they were trying to accomplish in that game. And um, Matt Gash, the director of public relations was very clear, like that information can't be shared, but it's kind of for our background knowledge. Um, but it was really fascinating, fascinating to hear the intentionality, like he approached that game with um, looking specifically like at Red Bulls and at um, like how they wanted to work the space and how they wanted to work the channels and um, kind of like, what they were trying to do in defense and transition to attack and just how every little piece was thought out. Um, and I just can't imagine most MLS coaches taking the time to explain it to two people. I can't imagine recent coaches of Real Salt Lake being able to do that. Uh, Someone named Mike P maybe. No, I, too specific. Could how be. about a M M pet key? That's better. Could be anyone. We do know he listens to the pod, so that's not true. We don't know that. We do know he unfollowed me on Twitter. but Matt got unfollowed by Pecky on Twitter recently, and it's been quite the hot topic. I'm shook. Did I use that right? You did. Okay. Matt, you're still on fleek. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) That was gross. We're going to lose our coolest member if we're not careful, so. Um, yeah, and that was that little experience. Um, I think walking away from that, I, I feel like Freddie's a guy who understands the game and loves it. Like it was really apparent that he is good at 
teaching because he would ask like Tom and I, if we understood and had questions, it, it made a lot of sense why he would be so good. Um, like at the Academy and why like all his youth players just love him because um, he was just very humble, but also like clear, concise, um, you know, even said things like, this is not going to come off 100% of the time, but this is what, what we're trying, what we're working on, what the plan is kind of what we're building towards. And I'm like, man, like he is so different from Mike Petke or Jeff Kassar or, Jason Christ personality wise, I feel like he is less intense and less and probably more soft spoken um, than those guys. I mean, not that like Kassar was a super intense dude, but um, more, I think probably more reserved and it'll be interesting to see how he does with bigger players like Giuseppe Rossi and dudes like that. Um, but I think he has a really good soccer mind. This is very uplifting, encouraging news here. <laughs> Haven't gotten any of that in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, mean, man. He's good at coaching a team that's not able to play right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's nice to hear, though, that a, a coach has taken the time out to like do something extra for media or to, you know, that that's not like a, you know, a public facing thing. Uh, because certainly Mike Peck, he was constantly involved in media, but it was it was very public facing and he was often the, the face of that. Uh, but but that's a it's a much more personal thing to take, you know, however long it took out of his day. Oh. And and even though, like, yes, we're all kind of stuck at home for the most part, it, it's it's different to actually take that time to do something like that. To be Certainly fair to Mike, required, he, right? He to be fair to Petty, he did take me aside once to be sure I wasn't offended about something he told me in a press conference, <laughs> which I thought was like really thoughtful of him because he didn't. Have any <laughs> that. He never did that for me. Well, you never <laughs> talked to him in person. Uh, oh man, it is one, funny that press, like but... he felt obligated that he needed to do that at some point. What did he it think was... you possibly were offended by? Well, I asked him a question. I asked him if I thought it was right after RSL had gotten like their fourth red card at the beginning of last season. If you thought, <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember you asked him this. Like part of a, I don't, I don't remember how I phrased it, but basically like part of a larger problem within the team was what I was trying to ask. You he, said you asked if it was a dis a, pro, a discipline problem, something like right? that. And he he immediately was like, "Are you baiting me?" In yeah. this like post game press conference, and like asked me that a couple of times. I was like, "No." <laughs> Uh, they're not baiting you. Our team just keeps getting red cards, dude. But he understood my question to mean, um, did I think the refs were at fault? And would he like kind of weirdly flipped it to not be about the team to, but like I was trying to get him to like blow up about the refs because he had gotten a lot of publicity for that. That makes sense why he would say it like that. Then, Um, like, are you baiting me? Is it good? Is yeah, that yeah, like like I was a reporter who wants him to blow you up. Say something about the refs again. That was so funny when you said that printer thing, dude. Yeah, you should say. You should tell, yeah, dude, you should tell Trey to freaking print it out or whatever, whatever he said. You should do that again. Yeah, it's like a cut rate, Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it, Jose Mourinho without the trophies. Yeah, well, you got one in New York, right? I think yeah, the, the one I think that's up for debate whether that one cares. 
No, he won't. No, he won't. Community Shield. Just <laughs> kidding. I don't know. Who knows these days? Okay, so let's move on. Uh, unless you guys have anything else to say about MLS resuming in June without any real actual details. Trevor, what do you think? I have something to say. Go. <laughs> oh. No, okay, so here's the, the crux of my problem with the whole Orlando situation is this, right? I keep going back to what Andy Carroll said a couple of times during the town hall um, where he was talking about the team generates money through matches. They need to play matches because that's how they make money, right? There are all the other ways that they make money. They make money through sponsorships and they make money through TV deals. But he said most of their money comes from matches. So why would a team that is on a match day revenue business scheme go to Orlando, give up all of that because they're not going to take in any money from any fans for tickets or concessions or anything. They're also going to have like sponsors. They've already said they've lost some sponsors. They're not going to get any money from any in stadium sponsors for playing the games. So they're, they might get some TV deal money, but right now I, I don't think the article said anything about broadcasting the games or what kind of TV deal would be arranged I promise you it's not going to be the full amount that they were going to get for a regular season through the regular TV deal. If it's going to be on TV, it's going to be a restructured deal. And I promise they're going to pay way less for it this time. And there's going to be way fewer sponsorships on TV. So what's the point of playing the games if your money, if the money that you're making from these games is going to be cut so much? Isn't that more than zero, though? Why are you still playing the games? Because it's more than zero money. Okay. Right? It's more than zero, but why Why is this the best option? You know what I mean? What's another so, option? I mean, I don't know what the other options are. I don't know what like... the other options are, but I don't know how a team could look at it from a financial perspective and be like, oh, yeah, this is fine. This is a good thing. Mm-hmm. We definitely but... need to move forward with this plan. The plan, with the details that we have right now, I know some people are probably excited about it. You guys said it would create good soccer, and I'm not disagreeing with oh, that. Oh, we didn't say it would be like good soccer. It would, we said it would be soccer it. chaos. It would be MLS chaos, which we all love. But mm-hmm. that chaos would, like, the fun of it would be over after, like, two or three weeks. Like, mm-hmm. talk. Well, it's At only the end of that, it would be boring. So uh, it just, with the so, details so, that we have of the plan, it just sounds so terrible. It so sounds like it would be miserable and pointless. And it's not going to, it's going to have no value. We're going to look back on it in a few years and be like, that was the stupidest thing anybody's ever done. I can't wait. Sure. So like, do we know that when the NBA is talking about coming back, are they going to come back for the remainder of their season or have they called off the season? They, ha- they have not called off the season. Okay. They haven't called it off, but yeah. Apparently the players, the, union, had... the players union and the league wants to, wants to finish the season in some fashion. But they also, I think they came up with the same kind of plan of like going to Orlando or going somewhere where they can just isolate yeah. themselves and just the same kind of plan. And that plan originally, um, maybe I'm confusing with baseball because they came up with a similar idea, but the players were like totally against it and like basically shut the idea down and were like, we're not doing that. And I can't imagine that MLS players are going to be any more excited about leaving their families, going to live in, a hotel room and only coming out to play soccer for a month or two for a pointless tournament. 
playing so in front I think of zero fans. The the end game for MLS, I think, is trying to get in when there are no other sports. Uh, the sooner they get in, the more attention they'll get, and the longer term viewership, I think, is the the gambit they they capture. Now, I don't know if that would work out, but but certainly, like you'd be coming in before the NFL season, before the college football season, in the middle of baseball season if it happens, right? So if you get that done, you get viewership and you get eyes you wouldn't have normally received because people are hungry for sports and I think people will just take whatever they can get now. But that's the same argument that was made for the Belarus Premier League becoming the greatest league of all time and getting millions <laughs> of viewers and billions of dollars in sponsorship money because it was the only sport that was going on and nobody watched it because it was terrible. Well, and, and the hours would be weird, right? What was that? The hours would be weird. The TV, you know, not not being around on TV makes a difference. I think it there. does, but it it also goes back to the same argument that MLS has had for the last several years: of is it more important to be on TV when nobody is watching, versus is it more important to have a quality product on the field? And I think it's pretty obvious that it's not going to be a quality product. So, is the extra number of viewers you get worth it? Because it's going to be not good. I don't. I, like, I are, guess are those I, people going to stick I'm... around for next season to watch MLS again when it's a regular season? No, they're going to watch it because it's a novelty. So whatever value you gain by being first or being the only one, you lose it very quickly. I don't know Lucas, if it, go. it's going to be so bad that it's going to be not good. It might not be like the best it's been, but MLS has evolved very rapidly in the last you know five to ten years. This might be a couple year setback, but. I don't think it's going to take all that long for these professional players to get back to a decent standard for them. Um, I mean, I think you raise a good point about where does the revenue come from? Because you're right. A TV deal is probably not going to be as lucrative as what they had already. Certainly won't match game day revenue, but I think they have to do something in 2020. And this is maybe their best case scenario, especially if they're concerned about there being a second wave of, uh, COVID-19 in the fall. Well, and that's, yeah, that's the other part of it. Like what happens if COVID-19, if it comes back and some players get it, like on some teams, like we were talking about Bundesliga, they were talking about it coming back. There was already two players that on the same team in the two Bundesliga that tested positive like three days ago. Those guys aren't going to be able to play. Obviously what happens if, there's a small outbreak within this MLS community that this sequestered group of people, like what happens to all your plans then? You know what I mean? Like what, what happens to this tournament? If two weeks in three or four players test positive on one or two different teams, like you have to, they're going to shut those players down and have to remove all the players that have been in contact with them. We don't even have like adequate testing in most parts of this country. So a part of that athletic article was talking specifically about our testing capacity. And when they were talking about potentially having thousand plus people down there who they would be testing twice a week, um, that was like going to be a problem. In fact, they described it as a huge problem, I think. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I think the whole idea is for a lot of reasons, kind of silly. But also for a lot of reasons, it's kind of dangerous. It totally, I, I don't, yeah. So, I mean, really it's going to be like everyone gets tested and then has to like basically stay in quarantine there. 
I don't I don't know how dangerous it's going to end up being. Um, but it's silly. But I just don't know what the alternative is. Like they're gonna they're gonna do something regardless. Um, just because the American brain refuses to let anything like a, a single right. season of sports be canceled. And MLS is in a weird position as having played a single, uh, having one match day or two match days before this ended up happening. I keep forgetting that happened. <laughs> yeah. That we actually had two match days. Other leagues like the NBA are in a different spot because they could potentially just do the playoffs. Um, I, yeah, the thing is, is like something is going to happen. So <clears throat> I'm trying to look at it as like something that's inevitable rather than like negotiable to a point of reason, because like, I don't know, man, well, like it's hard said, like, to that's... be super cynical about it because like we're so far down the road of like this country isn't going to take it seriously to the level that it probably should have been dealt with. Uh, let's see. It's May um, months ago that like, I mean... If this is what it's going to be, then like it, it might be something like this. What's what would stop it would be the players not wanting to do something like this. The league yeah. is going to do whatever. They're just going to try to get something out because I think the way they're probably looking at it is like we something's better than nothing. And even though the TV deal is not going to be a year long deal or whatever, and there's not not going to be any game day revenue, they're playing. They're on the hook to pay the players anyway, so they're probably just trying to get back what little they can. So. Yeah. And I get that. And I, I know that I'm super cynical about the whole thing, but I just, I don't know. So I mean, pay you the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's my thought. Like I, said, I don't, I understand that the league's going to do what the league's going to do. And they're obviously going to try something. And I don't know that there is anything that they could do that would like satisfy me personally, except to just cancel the season and just write it off and then start over next year. But I, I know that that's not realistic. That's not going to happen. I'm just, not happy that they're going to do it the way that they are doing it. But also at the same time, this is all worthless because I don't have a better idea. If you're going to do it, I don't know how you would do it better than that. Yeah. We've got 19 days. So uh, start thinking Trevor. Okay. I'll come up with something and I'll let you guys know. I'll put it in the slack. Okay. So the next item I've got, unless you guys have anything else. Nah, going gone. Great. (laughs) MLS youth league. Which uh, comes from a press release from MLS, blah, blah, blah. Uh, long story short, US, uh, the U.S. Soccer Development Academy is no more. U- yeah, the USSDA. And in its place comes this giant MLS thing that encompasses basically the same thing. And that's about all we that's about all I've got on that. I mean, this is pretty much Yay. like when the news came out that they were shutting down the DA, there was a lot of people that were making the comment like, this is a bad thing, but also like this doesn't end youth soccer. They're going to come up with a new version of youth soccer, and it's going to be basically a rebranded development academy. That's yeah, kind of yeah. what this feels like. It feels like it's probably a little bit more expansive. It includes more clubs. It's not just simply big baller uh, youth clubs and MLS teams that put teams together which is basically what the DA was. It seems like it's bigger than that, but at the same time, like it was basically the rebranded development Academy. Well, yeah. MLS has wanted to break off from the DA for a couple of years now. Um, So this isn't like shot, like their response to the DA getting shut down. Isn't like surprising. It's kind of the expected move. 
I'm yeah. curious what this means on the girl side because I don't think there's going to be MLS Girls Academy clubs. Um, and the DA was kind of seen as like the second best league for girl soccer. Um, because I'm, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, none of the Royals had a DA like affiliate affiliate in Arizona. Um, they probably just rolled into another league. I, I don't know if that's been decided yet, but yeah, that's kind of, I think for me, the thing that's more interesting about this is what happens on the girl side than hmm. for, for people who specifically follow the RSL organization, the boy side is going to be fine. That's just going to get rolled into this MLS thing. Yeah. yeah. MLS is making more investments, not fewer. So yeah, although we'll, oh, we'll see what happens yeah. after this year. You brought up the the women's stuff. I wanted to. This isn't really RSL related, but there was a um, a rumor that was going around, is going around, or something that they were talking about with the NWSL, where they were going to introduce uh, a homegrown player rule similar to MLS, but in NWSL, as partly a way to like get teams to create academies so that they could start developing players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that rumored. I, I don't know. I don't think that's official or anything. I don't think the infrastructure no. exists for that yet. But yeah, I mean, they they introduced allocation money this year. It feels like they're starting to uh, introduce more MLSC things to their to their arsenal. <laughs> if we were just what we needed. Yeah, the great example of MLSE things. I thought I thought they already had allocation money in NWSL. It was just that they're now announcing the amounts and that they're trading it. No, it's a whole new mechanism that Is it? I okay. think was introduced in like November. Um, and so it was like first exercise. The Royals were part of the first deal where it was used. Um, yeah. And that. that was like at the, um, the draft. That was at the draft, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that'd be interesting. Nice. Okay, next item I've got, MLS pay cut. So uh, anyone want to take this one on, having read about it? Or should I? Oh, I don't have, has anybody read about it? I read a headline. They're asking for 20%, right? Yeah, yeah they, they stepped down from 50% to 20%. 50, they're asking for 50? That was the original like rumor like two or three weeks ago that they were asking for a or from some players up to a 50% pay cut. MLS that was yeah. the only number that was put out. And then I think today they said they were just asking for like an across the board 20%. MLS could solve all, all these problems by simply bringing on one new franchise and taking that fee and just putting it towards <laughs> all these problems. No more for employees, no pay what's cut. Another, what's another team in freaking Ohio yeah. or whatever? <laughs> Bring on like another Texas team. Put in another. Bring in Sacramento. Finally, oh, yeah. who else is Detroit? waiting? following St. Louis. You know what? Uh, I think there should be a team in every borough of New York. And let's make that happen. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I'm, I'm not going to rest until we have five New York teams. Let's yeah. put Good another. Mike I think Peck, Florida it. probably needs another team. Yeah, I don't mm, know. Right. <clears throat> You're on. Honestly, that's a great point. I don't know why they don't like. We already know the whole thing's made up anyway, and you don't have to like have a stadium. You don't have to like yeah. have any agreements from oh. anyone. Actually, what I want to see most is um, 
Sacramento still delayed, but Fresno to get a team. I think that would be great. Dude, if, if Fresno, why would we give Fresno a team? Why would we give Fresno anything? If, if Fresno or Reno got a team before Sacramento, <laughs> they would probably, dude, they would, it would, there would be an armed insurrection at MLS headquarters. <laughs> Not unlike the state house raids by people <laughs> wanting to go to Baskin Robbins. Aaron Bundy is there fighting for Sacramento. <laughs> Aaron Bundy, the Bundy brothers are going to be there uh, on behalf of the Sacramento, whatever Aaron they're called. And Ted. Yeah, Ted, <laughs> Ted and Aaron will be there together in spirit and in body, and no. they will be. Oh, demanding. oh, it's, it's it's a Utah. It's Ammon. Yeah, it's Ammon. Ammon Bundy. Yeah, sorry. A good old Book of Mormon name. He was yeah. He was here that one. Ted day. Bundy's a Utah guy. That's he true. was he was a transplant, but yeah, he was a Utah guy. Um, so I can't remember what the the point of that was. Twenty oh, yeah. percent off. Bring, bring bring a new team into the league. Seriously, just That's do what it. We need. Yeah. Players. And right I, like, now is the perfect time to buy into MLS. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> okay. Instead of like three hundred and fifty million dollars, knock it down to like three hundred twenty-five million. Someone would pay <laughs> yeah. that. Well, I'm sure we could get somebody. On that note, let's uh let's take a short short break. Okay. Mostly so I can splice in some music here to uh, keep you all entertained. Listeners, not not you guys on the pod. <laughs> not Sorry. No. It's going to do zero for us. <laughs> and uh, we'll come back, and then I've got a very special segment for us. Goody. Oh, yeah. is a game about the development of public transport in a city that is expanding quickly. Birthday. The citizens are busy traveling up and down between their houses, the office, and most importantly, the pub. The pub? That is the most important way. That sounds... Bars. I'm drinking Gunta's uh, uh, birthday stew. It's a blackberry lemon tart ale. Hmm. Welcome back to Off the Crossbar. We're uh, still here. Bum, 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 oh, cool. So, uh, you guys ready for this? Yes. I finished watching, and one, I started watching two days ago, and two, I finished watching yesterday, Tiger King. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we can oh. finally do the Tiger King yes. episode. Dude, this is hot, this is topical, and we are right on time to talk <laughs> Tiger King. <laughs> so, uh, with... Lucas, oh, yeah, Tiger I watched King? it. Wait, did you watch okay. the re? Oh, wait, wasn't there like a reunion episode? The one with Joel like Hale. I don't like Joel McHale, so McHale. I didn't watch that. Yeah, it was it was kind of terrible. Yeah, I, watch that one either. I don't like him. Uh, I think yeah. he's bad. <laughs> yeah, I watched that. It wasn't great. Cool. Yeah, I don't I don't like Joel McHale, so I'm not going to watch it. Um, Matt, give us your overall uh, re recaptions react whatever. Man. So. Uh... Re- I was pun- trying to make reactions like a cat pun. I was trying to recat. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Re- I get it, it looked better in my brain. Re- Meowctions. Oh, that Meowctions. sounds bad. That's worse. Yeah. Uh, so they're all terrible people. Like every last one of them. And so I, I understand like the the appeal of the show. Like it was very entertaining, somewhat informative. Mm-hmm. So that was good. So, 
No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't was. informative. Dude, yeah, it's not informative. entire subculture of private zoos in this country that, like, all right, all right. I think they're all in the South for some reason. There's one in Washington in Squim. Oh. That place sucks. Everyone goes and takes pictures of the bear waving. Oh. Also, Squim <laughs> is is spelled S E Q U I M, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, um, I was. I was looking up. That is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Huh. That place sucks. Don't go there. Don't go um, to those places. Not planning on it. Um. But yeah, everyone's we, terrible. Are everyone. we allowed to talk about? Are we not, allowed to talk about? That not everyone is one terrible. Person we we know who's um. Who we won't name their name, but who's in orbit? I don't, I don't think so. I think okay, in vague right, terms. Yeah, in vague terms. There is a there is a person that we know who has a business relationship with a person in that show, and it is very he he our our associate. Uh, um, vouch for the authenticity of the person who he works with in a business relationship, and that person within the business relationship <laughs> also. Um, I can't remember where I was going with that, but yeah, <laughs> it's pretty legit. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll slack you. Um, I'll tell All you. Right. <laughs> we'll I'll, we'll just talk about it after we stop recording. Yeah, um, yeah that's fine. But yeah. Anyway, so all that stuff's like super real and weird. <laughs> it's so weird and you know, very distressing. So people were jokingly doing like the whole like, who would you have play these people in a movie? Which I thought was funny. And that was a good little meme that was going around. But it turns out they're actually making a Tiger King like like limited series or something. Media goes King. so fast now. Which, right. Like, first of all, why would we need a limited series within like about a limited series? about a docu series? Like, are people yeah. not? How could you not be entertained enough by that docu series that like you are like, oh man, I need Nicolas Cage to portray Tiger King guy. Like, why would I? Why would you, who who's asking for that? Who Nicolas needs Cage that? probably. We need we need season two of Tiger King, and if we've got to make it up, um, we're gonna dude, make it up. Thomas Lennon. Who played Lieutenant that Daniel? One, what I think would just be phenomenal. That one's yeah. pretty funny. I saw that. But like Lucas why, is showing us this. Yeah, that, that series is good enough. And like the fact that like Joe Exotic's entire brand was like filming everything that he did. So like why would we need to make a series of them just recreating those scenes? Like I think that's so lame. I think that's why that Ted Bundy movie with Zach Efron sucks so bad, is because Does Zach so Efron play Ted Bundy? He does, yeah, but it was that's amazing. The, the the part the like half of the movie was just him recreating those like famous court scenes of Ted Bundy oh. that were that were recorded and broadcast. Yeah. So, like it's like, all right, yeah. the, but to their credit, they at least waited like thirty years. Um, well, no, because they they did that like right after um, Netflix the had their. It was, it was, made, it was made by the same. They, they had their Ted the Bundy, Ted Bundy tapes and made by the same people as the movie. Bundy tapes, Straight up made by the same people. Weird. Yeah, it was just it's oversaturation. Yeah. They got to get the money. While I mean, the there. I, all those cash grabs end up working, so maybe there is some demand for it. <laughs> I wonder but, if it's yeah. one of those things where they say we'll make this if we can get Nicolas Cage, and Nicolas Cage said, "You'll pay me money." Yes, I will be in your movie. Yeah, he's never said yeah. no to anything. 
You yeah. guys seen Mandy? You guys no. seen Mandy? That horror movie rules. Nicholas Cage is great. I like Nicholas Cage a lot. I just don't want a limited series of a really fantastic documents documentary series. Seems silly. Yeah, it would be really but funny if the the uh, the mini series was just them recreating the exact docu series, like shot <laughs> like for a shot. shot for shot recreation. Okay, so let, let's do a quick panel. And then we can finish up the podcast. Um, I will ask a question and then you will all respond to the question. That's what a panel is. Oh, okay. Um, Which Real Salt Lake player is uh, most like Joe Exotic? Oh, one of these panels. Okay, sorry. What was the question? (laughs) Which Real Salt Lake player is most like Joe Exotic? All all time or current? Uh, Let's go last five years. Oh, I've boy. got my answer, but I'm I'm gonna wait. I've no idea. Um, so that's it's tough. I kind of want to pick one of our more flamboyant dressing players. So mm. I'm thinking Plata. I'm yes. thinking Bruce Knock. I'm thinking <laughs> Sam Johnson. Oh, that's of. good. I think Plata. Honestly, yeah, I think Plata. That, that's where the, I was going to. Our little Latin Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> he's great dude that would be funny yeah i don't remember him any of the other characters him in his spiky gucci shoes or whatever Perfect. um you know you know who was good in that show was that long-haired dude who just like really cared about the tigers <laughs> that was yeah. really sad the very long- genuine <laughs> the long-haired dude you're talking about the the manager guy no, he worked he worked Eric no he tough? worked at joe exotic's place but he he ended up yeah, yeah, he ended up testifying against Joe at the end, but he was like, I just really cared about these tigers, and now like they're gone. You know who ruled? The- Wait, so who is, uh, this is a good one, who's um, who's the guy with the Oakley hat who ruins everything? Like, what's his name? Jeff Lowe? Jeff Lowe. Who's Jeff Lowe? Deloy. The guy, the guy with the worst goatee dude, in the I love world. his hats that are just like, in this bandana underneath his hat, <laughs> dude. On top of his bandana, yeah. He's like, it's, it's got to be Deloitte, right? Gotta, From the oh man, no, I was thinking Kassar. So. <laughs> I was going to say Mike Pecky. So uh, oh, both are good answers. Yeah. All three. Have we had any villainous players like within our locker rooms that like Ortunio, uh, Euro? Oh, yeah. Ortunio wasn't really a villain. Well, I guess uh, Euro. Oh yeah, last Ura, time. Dude, I wish there was some slob influence in Tiger King. That would have been that would have made like it just even even better. Is is Yura the assassin man? Yes, yes, the one who was. Wait, who's the, ass- the, the assassin? Guy, man? The guy who took about? the money and was supposedly was going to go kill Carol Baskins, but he just oh. like didn't go. <laughs> just like got to South Carolina and then forgot. Who's Carol Baskins? Yeah. who killed her? killed their husband who would have killed their spouse so so that was something that was interesting about this whole thing for me (laughs) parody there was so much discussion about like carol baskin killing her husband all that like it was a very short portion of the show i can't believe how much she talked about it though yeah she did she talked about it it was very strange you know it became like the focus it was interesting yeah you know who um uh, the guy that called himself uh, Bhagavan. 
He, like, really... I tweeted one time, pretty wild how the white guy calling himself Bhagavan while running a tiger zoo sex slavery cult ended up being one of the least weird parts of this documentary (laughs) series. Because, like, he, at the... Towards the end of the series, he was just, like, there to provide, like, commentary. He wasn't even, like... (laughs) Hey, remember this guy? <laughs> remember what he was doing on his little count compound? Like they didn't even mention that. No, dude. Like, oh yeah, okay. He was the creepiest guy of the whole his, show. His thing was because, awful. Like, like that girl was like in straight up in in like indentured servitude, but like also oh, like yeah. like weird like, like all of sex slavery stuff. It was crazy. And he by the end he was just no, like, but- yeah, no. Um, yeah, this this Joe guy is pretty wild, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the creepy part about him is like the times when they would like be asking him a question, like he'd be sitting down for the interview, and he would either be like trying to direct the interview for them, or he would just like be he would know the questions that they're trying to ask, and he would just be like, "I'm not going to talk about that," because you know that like he's talked to lawyers about it, he knows what questions he can and can't answer what kind of stuff he shouldn't be talking about on TV. Like he loved to talk shit on Joe or Carol Baskin. But as soon as anybody asked him like any questions about him personally, he just like shut down. That's, that's, yeah, that guy sucked. Um, And he provides animals for plenty of movies, right? Or has at least. Yes. Which is, uh, yeah, yeah, lots of bad stuff. Well, like the whole industry is yeah. terrible, so like somebody's got to provide animals to movies. Yeah, like secure the bag. Absolutely, right? got to secure that bag. Got it. No, but I wanted to say one more thing. Um, Matt was saying that there's like everybody's a villain. My takeaway from the show was one of them was that there was like there's only one hero in the entire show, and it's like the very first guy you see, the guy that was making the oh, documentary. Yeah. That had all of his film. <laughs> was he a hero? Yeah, I thought he that was guy's a... voice. He, he was the only one that wasn't doing like terrible. That guy's things voice was constantly. so weird, but he, no, he, 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 <laughs> so he I think he kind of was because he was like encouraging Joe. He was encouraging some of the behavior for a while, but and I think yeah, that putting that spotlight on him. Yeah. He was there just to film it and like put it on. Yeah, kind of. But he, I, th- I think, at some point in the series, he talked about how like he f- kind of like felt bad for like encouraging some of the stuff that was going on because Joe was so obsessed with being filmed that like he was doing stuff like that he w- probably wouldn't have done off camera. Like he was filming some of the interactions yeah. that he was having with his employees that like were just super gnarly. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. I'm curious what yeah. happened to that dude that that right, he went like, from like 60 minutes to. A little zoo in Oklahoma. Like, it seems like something happened in his career that didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Inside Edition, right? Oh, is that what it was? What, it's the one that Bill O'Reilly yeah. used to be on. The one where he, he had that uh, yeah. famous We'll Do It Live rant, uh, which uh, I won't say more about because we don't want to. I mean, you can go look it up, but no, uh, I, know I don't want to mark that explicit tag. Yeah, Just, you know. Uh, he was the only guy in the show that I felt bad for. Yeah, his thing was pretty wild, where he just like basically lost that guy, and then the uh, the person that lost their arm that got attacked. Oh um, yeah, that was brutal. Um, I forget their I name. forget all their names. Yeah, those two were the only two that I felt bad for. Everybody else in that show, like I felt oh, kind of bad for the libertarian <laughs> campaign manager. That was, <laughs> dude. Kinda. 
Like, that was wild. That whole, like, everything that he said was, yeah, that was wild. Crazy. Everything that happened. It's just like this this peak yeah, into this other world that I, I, I have no yeah. business being in. Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Lucas, as someone who's <laughs> near a, or from a neighboring state, is Tennessee neighboring to Oklahoma? I know they're one of the long, narrow ones. Yeah, I don't, no. I don't think so. I don't think it is, is it? Uh, it's it's in that vicinity, right? The, the south? The humid part of the country. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Oklahoma. I don't know much about it. So mm. I don't have anything to offer here. I'm sorry. But you are from Tennessee, right? I am from Tennessee, yes. Okay. Then at least I got one thing right. I've been to Oklahoma. If that counts for anything. I'm going to look at a map of the United States. Real quick. I think they're, I'm going to, before I look it up, I'm going to say Arkansas is in between Tennessee and Oklahoma. Hmm. Or is Arkansas below it? Where is it? I don't know. It's this no, it's weird Missouri. nebulous part of the country. Missouri and Arkansas. Yeah. Oh, Oklahoma yeah. Oh, Oklahoma. Touch. Oklahoma's right above Texas. Yeah. Huh. There's like Texas, yeah. Oklahoma, what, Nebraska, oh. North, South Carolina, or North, South uh, Dakota. It's like a straight so line. Oh. Nailed it. Yeah. Oklahoma, Arkansas, Tennessee. There you go. What's up? I know my geography. Yeah, you do, dude. I believe. I've always believed you. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. Okay. And gotcha. any any panel questions you folks would like to ask about the Tiger King? Who is the real Tiger King? Deloitte is for sure Bhagavan, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, there's no question about that, Who right? Is? We all agree. Deloitte is yep. Bhagavan. Parody, parody, parody. <laughs> it's, it's, yes. It's par- parody. Hopefully that's obvious by now. But, Who's uh... Luke Mulholland? <laughs> oh. He would be, be a pretty good Bhagavan, but he would be, um, maybe he maybe he's Jeff Lowe. Wow. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, I was going with good. Albert like Rusnak for Jeff Lowe, but... Uh... Just <laughs> the blonde. Oh, Luke Mulholland is Joel McHale coming in at the end, like after everything's done, getting a little bit of the spotlight for no discernible reason. Remember how I'm famous, guys? Yeah, you're right. That's pretty much it. Wow. Yeah. Classic. Classic guy. Yep. Anyway. So um I think that ends our Tiger King segment. That was good. I'm glad you ended up watching it. Yeah. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I'm done with it. I've also <laughs> been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which has been fantastic. I don't know how I avoided it for so long. Yeah. What's funny about that show is that even though it's cop propaganda, it's still really good. <laughs> <laughs> cop. Is it cop yeah, propaganda? Yeah, man. But though? you kind of forget that they're even cops. Like That's like the yeah. side show of the whole thing. I mean, they're detectives, kind of right? So it's a little less eh, patrolling yeah, the streets at. and I never watched NY, NYPD blues, but I imagine it's sort of the opposite of that. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like as far as cop propaganda goes on a sliding scale, there's like NYPD blue on one end. And I feel like Brooklyn nine, nine on the complete opposite end. Like the show isn't about them being cops do doing cop stuff. It's just them. It's, it's just hilarious. Hygiene, while they're you know? cops. Yeah. Yeah. It's like law and order, right, but man. funny. Cops while they do it. Yeah, it's like like on the super troopers end of that scale. 
Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I, but like I said, I like it. I've been watching Waco. It's a good, good show. Oh, Speaking yeah, of. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Waco is okay. It's pretty good. I watched Waco. Uh, you know, closing thoughts. Um, Waco starring Taylor Kitsch, who, of course, is Tim Riggins from, uh, of course, Dylan, Dylan, Texas, in the star of the series Friday Night Lights. Um, probably the greatest drama series of all time. One of the greatest uh, TV network primetime shows of all time and i will stand by that forever because that show is fantastic no trevor don't did uh did explosions <laughs> in the sky do the soundtrack for the tv show yes dude yeah, that's great um yeah yeah yep <laughs> waco have you have you finished waco no. yet or I'm, I'm, too, like, I'm i'm about to <laughs> funny thing about this is that i'm about to go watch it right after that nice. this okay well the ending is is i mean i already i know what happens because i i was yeah the way that they portray like it's not a secret spoiler no yeah it's it's her it's horrible i mean you know uh this is this is uh, as as i've said since day one this is an anti-atf anti-fbi anti-cia podcast so (laughs) And I've said I've been saying this every episode, so you know. Yeah, that's that's some yeah. nasty. Yeah. Um well uh there oh. there is some Sebastian Soto news. I don't know if you guys have seen oh. that. No, really? sure, sure. But oh, uh SBI Soccer is reporting yeah. that he will sign with Norwich uh City, who are currently in the Premier League and at the bottom mm. of the table, so he will mm. probably be joining the, the championship. championship they they have a fighting chance to stay. They're they're in twentieth and twenty one points, so they could theoretically stay up. I don't think anyone's eliminated yet, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with the relegation, right? Yeah, I think there have been some discussions yeah. about that. But also, he didn't doesn't qualify for a work permit. So. <laughs> Really matter where they're going to be next year because he's not going to be playing with Norwich. Yeah, so they said a loan is possible. Yeah, not unusual. Real Salt Lake, here yeah. we come. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I thought they were saying that they were looking at uh, Germany and Holland as possible loan. Debt. Well, I mean, obviously because those are obvious places, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you often see like pl- places with a. Uh, shorter time spans to get uh, European citizenship or work permit status. Um, although I guess Brexit will have its own interesting effects on where people go on loan since that, that wouldn't carry across other European nations. I have no idea what's going to happen there. Huh. Yeah. I don't think Brexit would affect Soto because he's coming from a third party country. anyway. No, right? It could affect where he, where he would be loaned. Uh, so like often they, players would be loaned to like spain or um that was a popular one because the the window to get a work permit there was shorter or to get a a, their equivalent of like a green card yeah okay yeah okay well anything else godspeed to sebastian hope he gets loaned to rsl would love to see him back in the uh old claret and cobalt of course playing in uh, orlando because yeah yeah who wouldn't want to be in Orlando in the middle of summer anyway? 
me. That's you know? Oh, he, he, oh yeah, he was at Hanover. Yeah, I've been just, you know, I've been just clamoring to go to Florida, America's basement. So I'm really, really jealous of all the players and the, all the coaching staff that gets to hang out at the Epcot. We love the Epcot Globe. Um, it's great. We, we worship the Epcot Globe. I actually love the Epcot Globe because it's a geodesic dome, and I've, <laughs> I love Buckminster Fuller and need to read more from him, but he's crazy and brilliant. It's so geodesic. What is geodesic? Uh, so it's a, like the specific like waves shaped and uh, the the surfaces and faces of it that make it a geodesic dome. Okay, um, but there cool. there are a number of them across the world, and they're supposed to be like the strongest structure. I don't know if it's actually apparently. True, I saw an article today about how. All homes are probably going to be constructed out of ge- are going to be geodesic domes in the future because they're like way stronger yeah. and way more energy efficient. And a whole bunch of other stuff. I read the headline and I did not read the rest of it because that's all you need to know. Uh, are you familiar? Oh, with- geodesic dome. Okay, so currently Judy Dench is the host of the uh, Spaceship Earth show oh. at Epcot. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Everyone, when you're oh. down visiting the RSL uh, games this summer in Orlando, make sure you take a stop by Judy Dench Spaceship Globe. Dame of, Judy uh, Dench, right? Yes. Dame Judy Dame Dench. Dame Judy Dench. Um, and yes. Ah, anyway, yeah. So enjoy. Thanks for joining us today, Lucas. Your and special time. correspondence is always appreciated. And, uh, we look forward to speaking with you again very soon. Miss Tried you. to make that very serious. I don't know if that worked. But that was good. You know, I, I yep. That. Bye, guys. Appreciate y'all. Bye, See everybody. you next time. Bye, guys. Wave. Thank you.